I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded in the Living Kitchen Studio. It has been way too long since we spoke to a set decorator here on the podcast. I love speaking with set decorators as much as I do designers and architects. Want to know why? There's a business where you can't say no. Can't get that sofa in that color? Too bad. Figure it out. Need a Frank Lloyd Wright-inspired lamp for that library shoot? Go find it. At the same time, there's no specific client that's going to tell you it's not right. Sure, there are producers, a director, a DP, actors, fans, and your work is going to be seen, most likely, if you're a, if you're a professional set decorator, by millions of people. No pressure, right? Kelly Burney has a long list of credits, including The Americans, Made in America, Precious. She's a member of the Set Decorator Society of America, and she knows pressure. If the audio sounds a little wonky for this podcast, uh, it is at times. I had to record with Kelly via Skype, which I don't like to, to do, but we made it work. Uh, as all set decorators do. She was there, I was there. We made it work, and uh, we made it happen. And it, it sounds good, but it's going to sound a little digital at times. So I hope, I hope you don't mind, and I hope you'll enjoy the episode. And we made it, again, we made it work, because that's what set decorators do. So thank you, Kelly. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond. Their unwavering commitment to provide designers and architects with the tools to help create the kitchen and bath of dreams for their clients is unmatched. Why? Well, you have amazing service and world-class products that help make homeowners remarkable in the kitchen, like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Sub-Zero's refrigeration provides so many options with regard to finish, configuration, and width that you will find the right product for just about any space you can design. If not familiar with the Pro Series, you must see this. Glass front or solid, side-by-side or over-under with options from 36 inches to 48 inches. Pair that with Wolf Warming Drawers for both custom look and state-of-the-art design and functionality as well. This is function with flair and flexibility. And if that wasn't enough, Cove dishwashers offer that sub-zero Wolf quality, style, and technology for a kitchen suite of products that work seamlessly together. And here's something even better. Through the Grand Kitchen event, your clients can receive three additional years of protection with a qualified kitchen appliance package. Details and conditions apply, so find out more by visiting any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond showrooms and visit their Pasadena or Santa Monica showrooms to see the all-new, redesigned, amazing living kitchen. How long have you been doing this? I mean, I, I can look at IMDb and see when your, when your first jobs were. Um, and it looks like your first credits were in 2005, but how long, how long have you been, have you been in this? I first pursued the film industry. Like I started dabbling in it in 2003, like the end of 2003. So okay. also, also in the art department. Yeah, I sort of, um, I PA'd, I was an art intern for like three weeks and then they found me a PA job in the costume department randomly. Um, so I kind of did that, and then I was an art PA um, on another job, and then I kind of got a feel for where I wanted to go. Um, I thought I wanted to do art direction, but then after seeing what everyone does, I'm like, set decoration is really what appeals to me. 
So I kind of went from there. Um, and then I did, you know, some indie stuff and then I got in the union and then kind of, I got in the union in 2006. So backing up for one second, PA, production assistant, arguably the worst job in the industry. Why? No, I don't think so. I mean, I actually, I always have been someone who observes before I dive into something. So it was great for me because I just sort of was a sponge to everything that was going around on around me. So I found it to be pretty cool. You know, and, you know um, what? Maybe, I, maybe, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, the only other thing I want to say is I worked on some pretty <clears throat> big jobs. So it's sort of like I saw a lot that was going on. So, and you do runs to set and you can sort of get a feel for that. And it's a good way to see what everyone does. You know what? That's a really good point. Maybe it was maybe it was the 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 way that I did it. Uh, I was a PA uh, in the '90s on a couple of movies of the week, and I I was I was a PA in the production de- in the production office. So wow. me and oh my gosh, long days driving around, dropping off scripts everywhere, um, picking up coffee. It was unpleasant. I, I remember not liking it, but you you did it in the in the per, in the production department in the in the art department. Art department, yeah. So that's much more visual. You see a lot more fun stuff. Yeah. So that's probably actually that's probably a great way to actually get started. Yeah. Very cool. That's where most most people do, honestly. Um, and I imagine too that it gave you an opportunity to see everything that was happening inside the the art department because you have you have a lot of options in the art department. So it gave you a chance to see what was who was doing what, and maybe where you wanted to where you wanted to go. Yes, exactly. Um, so you all you, you also in the office more. Who's out on location more? Who's you know what their responsibilities are? How many people are they managing? You know everything. You also did some work in the in the costume department as well. I did, yeah, which was pretty comical, actually, because I thought initially I was like, oh, well, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. But I was horrible at it. Like I just <laughs> <laughs> I literally would go in to a thrift store and I'd be like, oh, my God, look at these crazy pants. And they're like, we're shopping for jackets, you know, so <laughs> I would get distracted by things that weren't appropriate, I guess. I don't know. I just drove them around pretty much and sort of enjoyed watching what they did. So it is a skill. It's it kind of made me realize that there is such a thing as when people tell you you have an eye for interior design or people would tell me that all the time and I'm like anyone can do this. So I thought the same thing about costume and then you realize like you actually learn to appreciate that it is a skill, you it, know. It well it it really is a skill. It absolutely is. The difference between costume and set decoration is also very interesting because Look, I mean, it's the same thing. In essence, you're you're you've got a character from a, from a script, so it's not necessarily a real person. It could be a real person, but it's it's generally a character from a script, and so you're putting together that that person's life, that person's style, what they do, based on the words on a script. So so you are you are using your creative imagination to come up with who that character is. But it's interesting because for you, set decoration is different than costume. I think in terms of like one thing that drastically, you know, stands out to me is that I don't have to deal with the actor in terms, not necessarily full on, you know, I'll get feedback from them about certain things maybe, 
but um, but I can pretty much do my job and not have to get constant feedback where you know you're doing fittings and you're you're pretty much more involved with the actors um, in terms of you know the look but I think you know it all kind of comes together they definitely overlap I mean one thing that I think is cool is you have to collaborate in my position you have to collaborate with almost every department and um, you know, I like to do a lot of pattern stuff. So if, if we can, so if I have a pattern sofa, then I definitely let the deck, the des, um, costume designer know so that the, what, whatever they're wearing will work with that pattern or, you know, we kind of collaborate on all sorts of stuff, especially like bedding is a big one. Um, you know, if there's main scenes on a piece of furniture, you definitely need to you know, check in and, and work with the other people in terms of like if you want to have a certain pattern or, or color palette. Well, I think it's interesting too. I, I love to ask about this because it's something that's so unique to the industry is the concept of opening the set. It's a novel concept that you're really in charge of the set. You're the boss, really. When you're done with the set, it's it's your job to open it up and to sort of have everyone see it for the very first time and you're taking questions on that. Do you like that process? You know, you're, you're, you can't expect to get like a huge reaction, you know, all the time. You have to just make sure that everyone's happy with it before you walk away. So that's kind of the bottom line. I mean, I'm not there to see, you know, someone be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, I mean, it's they'll come in and they're, they're starting to block the shot and think about where they want the actor to go and all that stuff. So it's nice when people do make comments and, and give you compliments, but you can't always expect it. It's more about just making sure that everyone's happy and um, the set is doing what it's supposed to for the character. Have you ever been in a situation where someone came in and started moving your set around? Um, well, I mean, if that happens, yeah. I mean, it, they will change their mind. I mean, I've had directors say they're going to shoot just this one area and then they completely come in and shoot a total different direction or a total different room. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's sort of, that does happen sometimes. Yeah. You can't be attached to anything. You know what I mean? It's sort of, you have to roll with it and you have to, you know, you put your heart and soul into it, but you kind of leave it to, you know, the collaborative process in terms of like everyone will, wants to make this look great so you just have to be open to, you have to be flexible about stuff. Otherwise, you will not survive in this industry. <laughs> it's so, it is so interesting that you say that because in essence, you're, you're right. But I've also spoken to others who have this feeling. It's like, look, when I open the set, it's my set. After I walk away, you can do whatever you want to it. But this is how I designed it. You're not moving, you know. But if someone if someone does move a sofa or moves a bookcase or, or, you know, the smalls don't generally get moved. They'll take things out if they think they don't belong there. But the big items I've spoken to, to people who have different points of view on both sides of it. So I think it's interesting. Well, I mean, they're going to move stuff just to cheat a shot also, you know, and to make something look just to fit the camera in. I mean, that's why I don't get hung up on stuff. I mean, in the end you're looking at the frame you're looking at the monitor to see how it looks, how it's going to look on the camera. So that's the real final, you know, presentation. So as long as the monitor still looks good and it's, 
in keeping with what you're wanting. I mean, to me, you have to be flexible. That's kind of how I go about it, I guess. Did you enjoy, do you enjoy time as a prop master or as a buyer as well? Is the responsibility different for you? Yes, I didn't. um, I mean, I only was a prop master on a one of my first projects and I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I did not like it at all. Um, so yeah, it's more like, um, it's more about the particular objects and a particular action like the prop. I mean, it's, you know, how something's being handled or, um, used and, um, it just didn't feel as creative to me. Um, and shopping is fine. I think, you know, I'll shop when I'm in between projects. I, I don't, you know, and I, sh- I work on commercials. You're pretty much shopping on that, too. So I don't mind shopping at all. It's all part of the process. Are you, hoarder is, is a terrible word, except sometimes in pe- with people who do what you do. And it's not necessarily hoarding, but it's not collecting either, because you're not necessarily collecting these things for, for passion. But do you do you collect, do you acquire and accumulate things that you think you may use in the future? No, I used to. Um, when I first started out, I collected, a, I, you know, I would pick things up here and there and have it in storage space. And I just found that it didn't really work for me. Like it was more laborsome, <laughs> labor, there's more labor involved, uh, labor intensive, I guess I should say, then it's just, I like to sort of, to me, it's sort of things come together when you're on a project. So, and it's interesting to see how things do work out. And when I have a storage space where I have something tucked away in a box somewhere, it's going to take me more time to go figure out where that is. You know, it's just, it it wasn't worth it to me. And also after I use something, I never want to use it again. So I never hold on to anything. Um, my apartment is pretty minimal <laughs> in terms of the furniture. Like I don't like to have a lot of stuff. But that's interesting, though. So when when you use something, you you just sort of you burn it. You don't you don't want to see it again. I would never use it on another project. No. Huh. I and I I guess I'm surprised because it seems like it's extra labor to always and forever be creating. And and again, you know, I've I've spoken to people who who do it who do it the other way and they'll say, you know, if I use something on one project, I won't make it a focal point or a major piece on something else, but I might use it as a as a filler piece or a background piece or something, you know, as a if, especially if it's a small, right? Or if it's a or if it's a sofa and then recover it or or have something on it so that it's not, but it's it's generally easier. I found that some people have pieces that they become attached to, but you don't do that. No, I don't at all. The only thing I have, I have a box of ashtrays because those are fine. Those are harder and harder to find. But um, that's the only thing I really have. <laughs> I don't um, I don't like to hold on to stuff. I mean, I also live in New York, so, you know. We have smaller, everything's smaller here. <laughs> it is. What's your, what's the situation with, with prop houses there? Do you have, do you have enough prop houses there or, because, you know, here in LA, you've got, you've got prop houses everywhere. But Yeah, yeah. We have, we definitely have a lot here. Um, you know, they may not be a whole huge 
you know, studio lot or anything like that. But there, there's some big spaces and there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of growth, um, in the prop house department here. So we're pretty well set up. Tell me about how, how do you feel about, uh, reality shows, uh, or, or something like, because I guess it's different. something like America's Next Top Model. Do you enjoy that process? That, um, not necessarily. I mean, I did one, that was the one reality show I worked on. I never did one after that. Um, just because it was so different, like you had to, the thing that was interesting about that is the whole thing was about where are all these wires going to run. Cause there's like cameras in every room and you had to drill holes through all the walls and I don't know, it was weird. And everyone, you, everyone was working on top of each other cause they only gave you like one day to do everything. And it was a little hairy. That sounds, that sounds really challenging. Yeah, it was a little crazy. I mean, we the one when I, you know, the one I did, it was a brownstone. So we were all in this this brownstone and um we had to do two or three floors. Um so you know, there's people all over the place <laughs> painting while we're, you know, and wiring stuff while we're trying to like unpack our dressing, you know, lay the floor, carpet. It was a little crazy. Do you prefer TV or film better, more? Um, you know, I like each for different reasons, I guess. Um, film is great uh, because you have the script up front, and so you kind of know where your big areas are going to be for the whole time, um, and you know that ahead of time, or you have at least a good idea. And TV is, um, you kind of, you have a lot of variety, I guess. You know, there's always a new character or a new spin on something or, you know, it kind of keeps your creativity going full steam because you're constantly evolving the show or character uh, over a longer period of time. You are listening to my conversation with set decorator Kelly Burney. I have told you why I love set decorators. They provide unparalleled service, just like our sponsor and friend of the show, Article. Article is an online-only furniture company inspired by mid-century style and Scandinavian simplicity. As a design trade professional, you are going to love the style and the quality of Article furniture. Best part, Article has created a trade program specifically for busy designers like you. So check this out. Joining the trade program is absolutely free and there is no minimum for you to start receiving trade discounts. None. Your clients are going to love this and now you have some help. What's more? They have exclusive designer pricing that cannot be found for less elsewhere. They offer a standard one-year warranty on all article furniture and the shipping. You're going to love the shipping because it's flat rate in most cases, if not free, and it's fast. Stock items ship in two weeks or less. They handle special invoicing, tax-exempt purchasing, and the customer service is staffed by design professionals. These are real people who know what you're trying to accomplish and have the authority to help you get what you need. For all the details and to sign up for Article's trade program, please go to cxd.article.com. CXD as in Convo by Design. cxd.article.com. Sign up and see what an amazing trade program this is. Thank you, Article. Back to my conversation with set decorator Kelly Burney. The, you worked on American Made. 
with yeah. with Tom Cruise. And what's what's interesting about that project, and I wanted to ask you about specifically, there were there were so many setups, there were so many things that were destroyed, there was so much action. I, I, Action, you know, for its own sake is one thing, but action that has to do with the set in particular, was that challenging for you? It was, yeah. Um, it, the timeline was challenging because there was a lot going on. It was uh, 1976 to 1986 was the time period. And, um, you know, he lived in like three different places and, you know, it was a little... Um, it was a, it was a, it could be confusing, but you just had to keep a tight timeline on things. I, I remember I looked at, um, there are certain scenes that triggered what the year was. Um, so I would keep that in mind, um, and pay attention to which scene this was and because you're not shooting in order. And, um, and then if there was ever a question about something, uh, I would, you know, check with the script supervisor and they had like a pretty you know, strategic timeline. Well, and I, I imagine too, you have to work very closely with the other, with the other members of the art department, especially in, in that, in that capacity as well. No. In terms of, well, or you know, in, in, well, so in terms of, and, and using American made as a, as an example, so you'll, you'll have a trunk full of boxes where he, you know, he's the, the main character has files and tapes and that's obviously, I'm, I'm saying obviously, that's probably part of set and props. At the same time, you have all kinds of jewelry. And I'm wondering, does that fall, does the jewelry fall into costume or does that fall into set? Um, well, the jewelry was... Uh, that a lot of it she was wearing. So um, that was costume um, at the end when she had it all draped on her. Um, and it was sort of, it's sort of, there was a lot of overlap with things. Um, they also showed her closet, which I got all the clothes for. Um, you know, I collaborated with the, the costume designer and she, you know, said everything was cool. And then, um, the prop master ended up getting all the shoes and shoe boxes because in the scene she's, you know, going through all her shoes or the FBI people are going through all her shoes. Um, so that was one example. Um, there was also a plane where they had, you know, confiscated, they were shipping all those period appliances and a snowblower and stuff like that. I got all that stuff. Um, there was a vault with a, hamper full of money and that was set dressing because no one touched it. Um, but the prop master had a bunch of fake money too, cause there's money all over the this movie. <laughs> um, but so it's, it kind of depends on the scene specifically. So there was a lot of overlap on that movie. So I, I did. I worked very closely with the prop master and the costume designer for sure. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it's interesting too, because I remember, when I saw that movie for the first time a couple years ago and I remember I watch movies differently now after after talking to set decorators and, and other members of the art department because that was one of those I was actually wondering when you've got jewelry that's first in the closet and then in a vault and then on her and then she's wearing again at the end that's kind of one of the one of the throwback reveals 
And I started thinking, I was like, I wonder who's in charge of, of the jewelry at this at this point. I wonder if that does go to costume or if it does go to props or it does go to you as a set decorator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there also was at the end and there's a it was Christmas and there was a huge we had a real live 20 um, foot Christmas tree <laughs> brought in. So the greens guy got the tree uh, and then I got all the stuff to put on the tree. So, I mean, there was a lot of collaborative collaboration with a lot of people on that job it was it was a fun job to do it was definitely challenging but it was definitely it was very rewarding too at the same time have you ever have, have you ever worked on a project where you you felt kind of not that you felt this way but you were kind of isolated to to do your part without that type of collaboration hmm. I can't say I have. Um, because I don't know how, I mean, I, I always have to work with the gaffer, um, you know, and the DP and like, I've always collaborated on everything. I don't think it's possible to do my job without some type of collaboration. Well, collaborating with the designer, obviously too. Yeah. And it's funny because that's, that's why I asked the question because I don't think it's, it's really one of these truly unique, you know, in, in interior design an interior designer they can do their job designing for a family in in complete isolation they can do the whole thing you know once the house is there they have the space they can do it all all themselves but your industry you really can't do this all by yourself it's it's designed that way yeah no that's true that's very true <laughs> cuz even like the wallpaper we pick out i probably would check with the costume designer or you know what i mean or just you touch base with people about everything so that it all works. So how does how do you do that without it getting overly complicated? Because, see, that's fascinating to me. I didn't even think about that. But it makes perfect sense that, you know, wallpaper, especially in, you know, a period piece. I mean, I don't know why a period piece would be any different, but you want to make sure that it's not going to clash or overly conflict with the with the costume. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's technology, you just text images, email people, you know, FYI, you know, everything's pretty accessible. Um, you know, if you can meet with them in person, when they have, you know, you have your, if you have a board made up that you're presenting to the producers already, or the director, then you can always just show that to them. You know, there's different ways, but it's pretty easy, easy to do. So your filmography is really broad too, which which I absolutely love. Do you have? I mean, you range you range from girls to the Punisher. You are you are all over, which is really cool. Do you enjoy that variety? Yes, I love it. I love working on completely different things. It keeps it interesting, and I love working on things that have a lot of um, room for character growth and development, you know, and quirkiness. I love doing quirky sets. It's really fun. What is, what is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Your quirkiest? Um, I guess, you know, it's kind of hard to think of a favorite favorite. Um, we did, um, I think on American made, I really loved the, the, um, the house in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. It was so crazy. Um, it was, you know, as if she had hired an interior designer, but then she kind of went off the rails on her own and added her own elements. 
So it was supposed to look a little off, you know, decorated, but sort of a little strange. Um, and um, that was really fun to do. Um, you know, and it was 1976, Baton Rouge. And, um, and because they had a lot of money because he was a TWA pilot in the 80s. And I guess, um, you know, I also liked, funny enough, like Ray on Girls, Ray's office. Um, that set was really interesting to me because it was based on a real location, but then we built it on the stage and, um, it had so many layers and, um, he owned a coffee shop that used to be a gas station and it was based on a real restaurant, um, in New York that used to be a gas station. And, um, and so in his office, I had found this old, like, key um cabinet and this old weird storage cabinet that had like a gas logo on it and it was just it was fun it was had tons of layers on it I really like that set we also did um Jonathan oh actually I would say the travel agency and the Americans I really loved how that turned out that was um that was a lot of fun too that had like we had to get an old dot matrix printer and um, typewriters and um, we had a bunch of plane models and a whole brochure like display it was that was fun so is, I would say those sort of stand out is that fun for you too the 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 shopping the digging the picking as it were do you enjoy that part I yeah I mean I really love the people like the vendors you meet are so interesting I mean you meet some of the craziest people um, so I really enjoy that element you know, and, um, yeah, I, I definitely, and I, you know, if, you know, it's interesting also, like if something doesn't work out, then something better just happens. You know, it's interesting to see how things sort of evolve and end up. Um, so it's fun. It's a fun process. You mean like life? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, I remember there was a, there was a, um, hotel room we did on the Punisher and the sofa we got, um, which was kind of like, you know, an old motel. So it had sort of like a seedy down look to it, uh, did not fit through the door because it was this really narrow house and it wouldn't turn the corner. And so we had to find something else. And we ended up finding this, this sofa that had like a slit down the middle and had two ends to it. Um, and it ended up looking even better. So that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. Do you have any tips, tricks, favorite? I let me back up a second. I have learned so much from set decorators who have to take one thing to make it do look like or appear to be something else. That is just it's amazing to me. Like I've I've learned about. Um, I know where to get freeze dried tarantulas from. I know uh, I know how to use certain types of nut shavings to look like moth wings uh, in the lights. Do you have any tips or tricks that that you use on a regular basis, like hmm. that? Like that? Um, I don't know. I guess on a regular basis, I would. I'm not really sure. Um, it's funny too because you don't do I, you don't do horror because if you did, I would ask for your favorite non-staining blood recipe. <laughs> um, I mean, there's ways to like get curtains hemmed so that they don't 
permanently stay at a certain length. You know, there's things like that. Um, Scotch guarding carpets, you know, that's kind of basic stuff. But um, I was trying to think of something weird that I had to find and I couldn't find. I think that was one of the things you were going to ask me. And yeah. I, I think um, the one thing I c- could remember is on the movie Precious, um, we had this set that was made up overnight and I had a day to make this homeless shelter with 50 beds and, um, you know, blankets and everything. And on the morning of opening the set, the director asked for a painting of a black Jesus and, um, you know, and he's like, yeah, I want it right there on that wall. And so I had like two hours to find this or three hours to find this, this painting. And we were in Harlem, but, um, it's, it was not something I could find or that anyone would loan to me within that time frame. So, you know, it was like seven in the morning or something. So I, um, I had gotten a, a painting of a Jesus, like a white Jesus, and the scenic person took pastels and made it a black Jesus, and it looked amazing. <laughs> and it was so funny because it was a scene that got cut, of course, so you don't see it in the film. But the, director, the director took the painting home. Like, he has it in his house or office somewhere, and he does not know that we painted over a white Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Seriously, that's – well, he's going to know now. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it looked amazing. It was pretty funny. But, yeah, that that was a sweaty moment. I was kind of, like, not knowing where the hell I was going to find that. So, but yeah. it all worked out. Well, and that's the other part of this. You you have to be somewhat MacGyvery uh, to do this job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to like digging for things or looking or being resource. I'm very, I've always been very resourceful. So I think it's also just like thinking quickly on your feet and troubleshooting and, um, and flexible. Flexibility is key. Absolutely. Uh, and a, a great tip for anyone in the business or wants to get in the business. Do you have anything, are you working on anything right now? Right now, I am waiting to hear back on a film. So I, um, I'm kind of just in between doing commercials and stuff. So I, um, I don't like to talk about projects until I physically start them. So I don't want to say any more about it. But I'm, I'm hopefully going to be on a film soon. So that's interesting, though. You don't even, even after you get the deal memo signed, or up until you're like actually working on it. Yeah, I like to be like there working on it. Fair enough. It's yeah. in, it's interesting because I've, I've spoken to others and it's so interesting how everyone sort of approaches the business differently. I've spoken to others who once they get the deal memo signed, it's like, oh, yeah, now I can I can I can talk about that and happy to happy to go into it. But others, it's like, no, no, no. And, and like you, you know, I want to be on the set working for it, which is very cool. And yeah. and um, I, I will definitely be looking for that. And. Maybe after that's done, we can uh, we can circle back and talk about it. Yeah, that would be great. That's a wrap on this episode of Convo by Design, featuring set decorator Kelly Burney. Thank you, Kelly, for making the time to talk. Thank you to our sponsors for your enduring support, Snyder Diamond, Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Thank you, Article and Vondam. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, emailing, and coming out to our events, because without you, what's the point? Thank you. Until next week, keep creating.
Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendôme Furniture. Their design culture is the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendôme pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest. Vendôme products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted modern durable molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique. They beg to be enjoyed. Have you seen them featured in our videos? Check out our YouTube channel and see this for yourself. You can also find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in Los Angeles, or online at vondam.com.